guys. Welcome to Practical Biz Podcast, where we are here to educate, motivate, and celebrate your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Erica Sicoccio, Customer Acquisition and Retention Specialist. With 23 years in the trust and people building business, Practical Biz is here to help entrepreneurs from startup to the most seasoned business owner with leveled tips, stories, and strategies to increase your sales, create brand loyalty, while making a positive impact in your community. Today's topic is increase your sales in four easy steps. And the great news is there really is only four steps to increasing your sales. You have to do one of these four things. Number one, you have to do more business more often with your current customers. Number two, you have to increase the amount of each ticket item and the amount of sales that they spend with you during each transaction. Number three, increase the number of customers that you do business with. Increase traffic flow to either your website, brick and mortar store, or retailers that sell your items. Or four, make sure that your pricing meets your quality, your uniqueness, of your product or service. Make sure that you're priced accordingly. We'll start with number one, how to increase the frequency of a current customer. And we talk about this in great detail um, in a episode called Eight Tips for Customer Retention that will build your brand and your bank account. Uh, But we are going to talk about a few key parts of increasing the frequency um, of your customer. So number one is you have to set goals. You have to know, first of all, how often do they visit or make a purchase from you and then make a plan to how you're going to increase it. And it has to be specific and measurable. So for example, let's say you have a customer who comes to your establishment once a month. You want to increase that to bi-weekly. Or somebody who comes to your business twice a year, how can you move them to a monthly customer? One idea that I have would be maybe creating a membership. So for an example, I use a clothing company uh, to purchase some of my clothing and I go on online and I pick the colors, styles, things I like and things I don't like. And then a fashion expert puts together a box of clothing for me and they ship it out to me every month. I love this service. Um, Typically the clothing is high quality. It fits perfect, but again, they know my measurements. I put everything in there, so it's very custom made. Um, And there's many uh, companies out there like that. But my point is they have very strategically figured out a way to make sure that every month I'm looking at what they have to offer. It is shipped right to my door. I try on what I like. What I don't like goes in a bag that's already prepaid and gets shipped back to them. They charge my credit card for the remainder of the sale. I don't have to go online. They don't have to email me. It just automatically happens. So maybe you can do something similar to that for your business, whether it is a customer who comes to your spa once a week, uh, putting in some type of program where if they come uh, bi-weekly and you'd like to move them to a weekly customer, um, what incentive can you do? Um, I know some donut shops use like a punch card or a car wash. They use a punch card. And then once you do, you know, eight or nine car washes, the 10th one is free. So think about what can you do that you're not doing now that will increase 
the frequency the customer does business with you. And that's the intended goal. So when you're putting together your marketing plan um, or your pieces of marketing, it has to say that right in the marketing. You have to let them know that you want to increase the frequency. Visit us every month and get this. Bring a friend and get that, right? So you have to be clear. Understanding your customer's buying habits will certainly help you with that. So if you have something that needs to be replenished on a regular basis, um, and I can think uh, for me, um, I buy handmade goat soap uh, from Tammy's Bees. And me and my husband both love the soap, so we both use it. And we probably go through, I would say, we don't always like the same scent. So he probably goes through a bar a week, as do I. Um, especially if I bring it to the gym, I may be taking, you know, a a shower twice in a day, right? So if she knows that I purchase 10 bars of soap approximately every six weeks, be ahead of the game, send me an email that says, hey, Erica, I know that you bought 10 bars of soap on XYZ date. I know you must be running out. Here are the new scents that we got coming up for this month you know, put your order here, I'll get it out to you tomorrow. So something that anticipates their needs before they run out or an event that you can hold that's on a regular basis that people look forward to that they can pre-sign up for that they will come more frequently based on XYZ that you're doing. And then also anticipate what roadblocks could be in the way. So we uh, do a lot of work with um, Chris at Chris, uh, uh, Chris's paint parties and more paint parties and more with Chris. I'll say it right. Um, And so a lot of the customers that go to her events, they may have children. So maybe, you know, connecting with uh, somebody who can provide childcare during your event um, or something that may be prohibitive for your customer to get to your event. That's, you know, just one example, but being anticipative as to what roadblocks could happen to not have your customer come to you frequently. So anticipate that and figure out what things you can build into what your business offers. Um, And for some people that might be providing what you do in a multiple way. So it could be in person, virtual, mobile. So How can you get to your customer every way that makes the most sense for them? And then make rebooking very easy, almost automated, if you will, and connect it with a perk. Um, So if you, uh, you know, on the first of every month, so let's say I go to a paint party every month because I do, right? Um, Maybe there's a membership and I just pay the flat fee, okay, for 12 months. Uh, here's my fee and it's a little bit discounted as opposed to if I just pay month by month, right? And if you give the credit card and it comes out monthly, she can anticipate that revenue. I can anticipate that during that month, I'm going to go to one of the seven or eight events that she has for that month. So it gives me that entitlement to go and pay um, nothing to visit one of those events um, because I've already prepaid for it. So that's kind of where your loyalty programs come in. And I think the other thing is really, really understanding who is buying from you. How old are they? Where are they at? Um, Their 
uh, parental status, uh, where they live. Also income too. Do you offer like a good, better, best option? Or is it like I offer this one product and this is the one flat price? Again, going to going back to a customer who, um, you know, maybe there's different levels. Like even our podcast, we have entry level, beginner level, we have intermediate level, and then we have um, expert level, right? So maybe that would even be the same for a, a business that you have, right? And maybe um, as people become better or use more frequent, maybe they move up that scale as well. So an example, again, maybe going back to the paint party, I'm the worst painter ever, but I go every month, right? So maybe you have different level classes. And as people progress, you can elevate them into the next group. Um, ha- uh, hobbies, local events, 5k, let's say a 5k, right? You make t-shirts. How can you connect with the promoter of that event to earn their business more frequently? So maybe that promoter does more than the one 5k, but maybe he does seven 5ks throughout the year and you can become the vendor for all seven of those 5k races. Um, so that's, you know, that's an example of how you can increase the frequency. So set the goal, figure out how you can entice them with some type of a, a loyalty program, item, membership to frequent you more. Understand your customers buying habits and needs and be anticipative. Try to get to them before they run out or before they try someone else's product in your same space. Think about what challenges and roadblocks might be in their way and then move those out of their way or provide that service complimentary or at a reduced rate so that people can participate in the purchase with you, the event with you um, or whatever medium that you've decided that you're going to um, move your customer towards. Even if it's, again, visiting the website, maybe maybe the move is, I placed this ad on Instagram and now the next move I want them to do is to visit my website regularly, right? Well, if I've been on your website five times, what is going to make me go on your website the sixth time? So you have to launch a new product. You have to add a new blog. You have to add a new how-to video. You have to do something that's going to make that customer go to your website more frequently so that they can then see what it, what you know, what particular item that you're trying to sell, move, or motivate them to um, participate and engage with you on. So those are, you know, some some areas I, I think uh, would help increase the frequency of how often somebody comes to visit you. Another interesting fact that I want you to think about is what about people who are in the circle or perimeter of your current customer, but are not the end user. For an example, uh, a significant other. Um, so how do we get that significant other? Because I mean, my birthday's coming up in a couple weeks. I can't tell you how many gift cards my family, friends, children have purchased for me, right? I didn't buy the gift cards. They bought the gift cards, but they knew to go to the places that I liked, right? So how do you find that market and also advertise to that market? Obviously that ad looks different. Um, So are you capitalizing on that, right? So maybe I'm going to make an example of an ad. So we do a lot of work with Light and Grace Wellness in Warwick. 
and let's say Mother's Day is coming up. We put together an ad that sounds something like this. Do you have a special Wonder Woman in your life? Why not be her superhero this Mother's Day with the gift of our perfect pamper package? This spa exclusive includes a one-hour Swedish massage, 30-minute infrared sauna, and a light and grace embroidered robe to wrap her up and keep her feeling special all year long. This limited time offer is available for Mother's Day only at the extremely amazing price of $180. Book now at www.lightandgracewellness.com. So that would be an example of how I would get someone else to send me money, make a purchase, make a sale, make a visit to my website, to my business, to purchase for somebody who is a frequent customer, but is not my frequent customer directly. Secondly, we'll talk about how to increase the total sale. So first of all, you have to have more options. If you only have one option, like you can only buy this one candle, this one cent for $14.99, and there are no other options, your sale is not going to be any bigger than $14.99 unless you move multiple units of that same one candle. So obviously that's very limiting. So you want to think about what type of add-ons can you provide that are complementary to the items or services that you have now. So think about when you visit Disney or Universal, right? They sell you that ticket. And that ticket to get in is, I don't know, I don't even know what it is anymore, 200 bucks, right? They know that by the time you leave, that $200 ticket will turn into about $1,000. Because they're going to sell you food, beverage, enhancements like um, wands that make special experiences or fast passes where you get to cut the line and you get to be a VIP um, or photos with uh, uh, characters for the kids and a special night out for the parents while they provide childcare. right? They figured that out very quickly. But is your business doing that same type of strategy and technique? Or are you just offering like, these are the five things I sell. Here's the flat rate. So I, you really need to think about that. Even, even if you're like a pancake place and you're selling pancakes and you have eight different kinds of syrups that people try and that's what makes you really unique, right? Do you have those bottles of syrup for sale? So that when, when the customer leaves, you can add that. How did you like that? That blueberry syrup. Great. We sell a four ounce bottle of syrup for $20. You can take home and enjoy that same experience at home. How are you doing that in your business? Because that's how you increase the dollar amount from that customer that's in your space. The other thing is that you have to use uh, all, all, all of your senses. So let me circle back to that. Because um, I, I want to get a little bit more in depth than that. But so let's hop over to bundles. Like, are you bundling items? So if you make, um, you, you sell the candle. Now, if you have a candle holder, that's special. A special wick trim uh, type of tool. A special uh, complimentary soap that has the same scent as the candle. So are you offering those things? So you got to be creative and make those things or find those things to add them into your space. And, and I think you do got to go back to using all of your five senses. Um, what can your customer touch? 
What can they hear? What can they taste? What can they smell? What can they see? And that's how you move more product. So if you have soap that's wrapped in plastic that they can't touch, they can't, you know, they can't feel the creaminess, they can't smell it, you're, you're going to sell it far less, right? Now, if you have a bar of soap by a sink where a customer can wash their hands and try it to see the results that it puts on their skin, to smell, to feel the textures, that product comes alive. It almost sells itself. Um, so you have to think about how can you create these experiences either on your website, in your business, um, at events, uh, fairs, whatever, whatever ways that you get your products out to people. So there is a great, um, a great tea company, uh, in Warwick as well, uh, Chrissy's Teas, um, that I purchased over at Light and Grace Wellness and, um, she has beautifully packaged tea. You can see the front, but here are ways that can enhance the sale of that product within the store. First of all, I have sample jars where the top has holes in it where I can smell it. Whether you put a cheesecloth over, you know, even like a little mason jar with a little sample of the tea so I can one, see it again, um, experience the colors, look at the texture, smell uh smell the aromas because that's what sells tea you know smell the aromas through either the cheesecloth or an opening in the top of the jar um provide a taste party like um you know where where can i try the tree the tea have the tea brewing in the store um have samples that people can touch the ingredients maybe once a month you you have a little bowl out that has the tea, the tea leaves and all of the different um, ingredients you have in the tea in a bowl where someone can touch, feel and just experience all of it. And then think about when you're creating those teas, what does it visually look like? I use in vibrant colors and, and textures and then bundling the tea with tea accessories like selling teapots or custom honey or local honey to be complimentary with that tea or tea sets um, with your brand on it. That's the other thing. A lot of small businesses do business with other businesses, which is fantastic. But I also think there's something to be said with creating your own brand and working with local vendors to have exclusive items at your store that are yours and branded for just you. So, um, let's say, um, Jalisa decides that she wants an exclusive, uh, massage oil that you only can get at Light and Grace. What vendor can she find that can make that product that she can use during the spa service so that customers get to experience that at the end of that massage or for that item? Hey, how did you like the aroma of the zesty orange? I loved it. It was great. I feel invigorated. I'm ready to take on the world. Well, we sell that in the front of the store. We have two two options. We have a small bottle for $12.99 and a big bottle for $19.99. Right? So that customer's there. They've already experienced it. They're probably going to love it, especially if you do a great job picking high quality products. And then you can also make a little card when they bought it. So then you'll know when they'll be running out. So... That is just, you know, a little example of, of, of how you can, you know, put the bundles together, 
give people those five sense experiences. Now, tea doesn't really make a sound, but how about having a video on how to brew the best tea with the teas that you're selling in the store? What would, you know, what is, what is the process that they use to make the tea? And having a little video of that, that you can play on your TV in the spa or that the merchant or the vendors that you work with can create these marketing pieces that you can share on your website with the link. Um, again, I think it's really important to try to keep your traffic on your website. So maybe the link is to your website or that the merchant puts links of um, vendors that sell their items uh, on their website so that they can cross promote where people can get uh, things more locally or if they need it right away for an event. Uh, sometimes I'm very spontaneous like that. Um, if I need a candle or a massage or anything, I, I, some days I'm just like, oh, I want to get a massage right now. Well, it's kind of hard to find a place that's going to just have a, an opening immediately, um, as I know, although I do try. Um, but the more access that you have, whether it's time sensitive, not time sensitive, the more access or methods or ways that you have that people can go grab your items, the more you're going to increase your sales. So I would say, you know, that is something that you need to think about. If somebody needs my product today, can they get it? If somebody needs my product in a month, can they get it? If somebody needs my product in two months, have I anticipated that and set up a way to automatically have that customer have their their orders shipped or sent without me doing anything, without them doing anything? So if the answer is, I have some of that in place, but not all of it in place, I would say that would be where I would spend some of my time, would be increasing um, the frequency and experience for my customer to go ahead and continue to purchase from me very easily. The other thing I think is getting really, really good at sales and practicing your sales. So an example would be instead of saying, hey, take a few minutes and browse our store. Maybe you say something to them like, hey, I noticed that you jog. Did you know we offer XYZ to help increase that experience? Or hey, Erica, we have a few new products that I think could solve your problem with dry skin. Come on over, let me show you. And then you open up that product, let them touch it, feel it, experience it. Or I remember that you said you were reading a book on poetry. Did you know that we just added some new books over in our gift shop? Let me come show you. This one's my favorite. Here's why. If you buy two books today, the second one is half price. So that is a lot different than saying, hey, while I clean up the back, take a look around the gift store, right? Walk them over to the products. Tell them why you selected those products. Tell them what the benefits are of those products. And, and, and not everything in the store, like make a goal. Again, what is the one product you're really trying to move in your space this week? And make that be the one featured item that you focus on your media, that you focus on your blog, that you focus on your reels, that you focus on your in-store uh, visits, that you focus on your website visits. And, and, and move the product or move that service. Um, but don't try to like pitch everything all at the same time. Well, we got this, we got this, we got this. Like focus on the product you want to move, the ones that make you the most money, and, uh, and, and go from there. Um, but I think 
again, I think it goes back to you have to have some things that can build up your ticket price, right? And if you don't, I would immediately get on that and say, what can I add to this, right? So you come to the paint party. I paid the 35, 40 bucks. That's all you're getting from me that day. Maybe you might get a booking, but is there anything else you can sell while you're there? Is there any kind of complimentary, not complimentary, but complimentary item, um, experience, something that can get a higher ticket item? And so maybe it is, you know, thanks for coming today. And if you purchase a membership today for 12 months of painting at 12 different events throughout the year, uh, you will only pay $30 for today's event instead of $40. Um, so a lot of a lot of companies do that type of thing. And I think small businesses need to get better at doing that. So number three, uh, increase your customer base. So this would be ways that you could add new customers because obviously that is probably the area that most people focus on, which makes me a little sad because there are four areas that definitely are equally important. And if you can really master all four, you will be so profitable and move your business forward in a way that you couldn't even imagine. But we often focus on just that, I say it all the time, you know, that new customer. So let's talk about that new customer. So number one, you have to have a planned marketing campaign. You can't just shoot out any marketing stuff without a marketing calendar, knowing what items you're going to push when, why it makes sense to push it then, and what what benefit it is bringing to your, your customer during that particular period of time, right? Because what you're selling to your customer in the summer is different than what you're selling to them in the winter. So be strategic about that. Also, being consistent in your messaging. Um, some of you are not. You're posting like crazy, and then you don't post anything for like three weeks. And then you're posting again, and then you're not posting anything for two weeks or you haven't updated anything in quite a while. So if that happens, customers are not gonna keep coming back there, right? They're gonna be like, oh, I've seen it. It's kind of kind of old, it's outdated, right? I'd say the number one piece of marketing, your website is your number one platform. And that's where you've gotta spend 99.9% .9 of your time making it the best it can be. Because that's really where you're typically making your sale and that's typically what your social media should be doing, should be moving people from your social media page to your website to where they make a purchase, where they see your product, make a purchase, right? Or see your product, drive to your location. And then also, I, I think the other thing is being everywhere is still important. So you've got to be on multiple platforms, not just your favorite. Know where your folks are, Um and, but I also think in person still matters. Um, and, and I'm going to say that in almost probably every episode. So you might get sick of hearing it, but I'm never going to get sick of saying it. Being connected with your community matters. Being connected with organizations, nonprofit agencies, things that are of interest to you and your customers, it matters. So be at those local events. Be at that craft fair. Be at that school event. Be at as many places as you can get that makes sense where you can build your audience. So not just any audience, of course, obviously where your target market is. If you sell sneakers and you have the opportunity to be at a place where a 5K race is going on, that's 100% where you should be spending your time, right? So go where it matters. 
go where your people are and um, go in person because you're going to sell your business. No one's going to sell your business more than you. No one's going to be able to articulate your product better than you. Um, so you got to get out there. I think that there's just still something to be said for networking. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I'm going to say that it still works. Also doing things like blogs about new products or services with working links that uh, send people, again, drive them to your website. So one, you've got to be out there. So that's why consistency is key. Two, people have to be able to find you in multiple ways because that also builds trust in your brand. It also shows that you are the legit thing. Um, anybody can put up an Instagram and the Instagram's going tomorrow, right? A website makes you legit. Being on multiple media makes you a little more legit. Being part of a, a better business bureau, a chamber of commerce, a place where somebody actually meets you, um, certainly helps solidify you as a, a real business owner. Also putting together email lists that are exclusive for new customers and offer new customer types of um, uh, special events or products. Don't be afraid to ask for referrals. And I know we, we talk about that a lot too. Um, I don't think that it can be overstated. Many of the business owners that I work with or I visit uh, your Facebook, you guys have one, two, three reviews. You've been in business for over a year. Um, you've got to ask for that referral. Uh, I'm assuming if you've been in business over a year, you're, you have some customers. And so ask for that referral. Um, ask for that testimonial. Uh, that's really going to help you. Also, reconnecting with old customers. Maybe there's a client that you've done business with in the past, but you haven't heard from them in six, eight, ten months. Are you reconnecting with them? Are you giving them a call? Are you seeing what they're doing, where they're going, who they're using now for the services that they were using you for? And an email, again, is okay. Um, but if it's somebody you've already done business with, I think you know a, a phone call or something more personal uh, really does the trick much better. Partner with complementary businesses. So if you have a gym, you might want to reach out to somebody who offers services in the health and wellness space outside of what you do. Maybe you can have some type of presentation at their business and they can maybe do a presentation at your business. Something that makes sense. And then one thing that I was talking with uh, my niece the other day, um, and she's super brilliant, by the way, um, was about your marketing. And and, and we talked about this in, in, in great deal uh, just yesterday. We talked about increasing your customer base. Look at your marketing. Look at the images that you're using. And there's two different veins that I want you to think about here. First is, are the images all the same? Are they reflective of your customer? Are they making some customers feel left out? Um, and you may not intentionally have done that. And I'm going to assume that you probably haven't. But think about it. Uh, do the images of your customers in your marketing materials, enjoying your your products, you know, really show who your target market is. And if it is, that's great. But is there a new market maybe that you haven't reached out to yet that you could? So if all of the pictures of everyone on your website are of one race, one age, one demo, can you expand on that? And are you missing opportunities to reach out to a whole different demo? 
Um, so think about that and look at your, your pieces of marketing and are they inclusive or are they not? I think the other the other part uh, in, in terms of increasing your customer base is do something where you can have your current customers invite new customers who've never done business with you. So maybe it looks like bring your friend to this event and if they make a purchase or they join our group or that whatever the action is that you want them to do, you get this. And if they stay with us over this length of time, you get this, right? So do something that's going to help build that loyalty. The other thing too, I think is um, there are some statistics that I found that I thought were interesting to share. Top salespeople spend on average six hours a week researching their prospective clients. How much time a week are you spending on researching who your customer is, your current customers, what customers that you would like to reach out to that you're not reaching? I'm going to say most of you are not spending a great deal of time on that. You're just pumping out ads and hoping something sticks. I also think, you know, when we talk about social media platforms, you know, finding the right right people, um, there were some stats on that. And when you're looking for new prospects, the leader is still Facebook by 67%. Behind that is LinkedIn at 63%. After that is Instagram at 62%. YouTube is at 51% and TikTok is at 48%. Now that may change up and down based on the platforms, what they do, what they change, algorithms and all of that. But I personally find Facebook is definitely one way to connect with customers in a way that you can't on the other platforms. Um, it's just more personal. It just is. Um, and then you have Facebook groups where you can find specific targets and target markets based on hobbies and all different all different types of things. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Facebook is just, for me, I think, is a way to grow sales um, if you're looking in the social media space. I think your, your customer, you, your customer must identify with your brand. And if your brand isn't clear, that is going to cost you sales. Your mission, whatever your mission is, it should be on everything. It should be the driving force for everything you do, along with your values. Your customer shouldn't have to like seek out and try to figure out what your values are. They should be right in front, right in center on your website. We support uh, this particular brand we or this particular nonprofit agency and why. Um, we only sell all organic items that are certified through XYZ. Um, that all needs to be a part of your branding, part of your merchandising, um, part of your message. So if you're not doing that, I think that you might want to think about that in terms of ways to reach new customers. The last section that I want to cover is making sure that you are priced correctly for your market. And more sales doesn't always mean more profit. And at the end of the day, you're looking for more profit. You're not looking for more sales. You're looking for what can I sell that brings me the most revenue into my business that I equally enjoy selling or making or doing that my customers equally enjoy using, promoting, referring. I think if you compete on price, unless you're Walmart and you can move mega quantity, you really need to compete on your uniqueness. What you sell, is it customizable? Is it a very unique experience for that customer? And then how do you make the most 
on that item. So one thing is maybe reviewing your competition to see what are they selling? What is the price point? How are you different? And are you getting the best deal on your end as far as raw materials, vendors, etc., to be able to offer your customer the best price that makes sense for you to still make money? What is your advantage? What What is the advantage that you have, right? So maybe if you own a business and you're the only employee, that's an advantage. Could it be seen as a disadvantage? Sure, because if there's two people out there promoting, selling, doing, doing the work, you can do twice the amount, amount of work, which is true, except for then you have the expense of another person. So before you add that other person, are you maximizing everything you can do to squeeze the most amount of profit while not compromising your quality, your brand, your vision, your mission. And how do you figure out what items bring you the most profit? Well, you got to bring pen to paper. And you've got to make sure that you are calculating in all of your costs, your labor, taxes, fees, licensing, all of that. And then go from there. Um, look at your industry too, what, what the typical profit margin is. So there are certain items or industries that you can very quickly find in statistics of what what a good profit margin is, right? So I know some items like um, perfume, right, is a high ticket, high profit item. It's usually made out of water, alcohol, some fragrances and dyes. I know I'm simplifying it in a pretty bottle. You could spend $200 on a perfume, right, which probably cost them $10, to make and then maybe another 20 to advertise. So that's a high profit item. In your industry, are there high profit items or services that you're not using that you could tap into? Uh, Definitely getting the best costs on your materials, working with your vendors to do things that make sense for both of you. Um, And then again, doing, doing what you love. So if you're not happy at what you're making, selling, or doing, you're not you're not going to be good at it. So figure out what it is that you love to do first and then figure out how to make a profit, not the other way around. So don't say, oh, well, this makes the most money, but I really hate doing that. Then don't do it. Do the thing that you love. Get really good at it. Be better than anybody else. You can charge more than anybody else. You'll be considered an expert, and then you can price accordingly. Understanding that more sales, again, doesn't mean more profit. And so I, th- I think making sure that you're priced correctly, making sure you do your legwork, your research on your industry, what makes sense for you as far as what you should be selling and what you shouldn't. If something doesn't make you money, get rid of it. It really is that simple. Find something else to replace it that makes sense, that, again, is something that you can use to build on your core product to build the ticket sale amount um, with with the accessories, the add-ons. So to wrap it up, four ways to increase your sales are do more business, increase your ticket on each sale, increase the traffic to your store, website, location, uh, product, however they get to you, uh, making sure that your pricing costs work with your customer brand and everything is aligned. I also wanted to thank today's sponsor, Light and Grace Wellness Spa located on the lower level of 1648 Warwick Ave. and Grace is a cozy boutique spa that offers massage therapy, spa potties, infrared sauna, Zen Den relaxation station, and to enhance your feeling of relaxation, 
Before you leave, visit their gift shop on your way out. They sell the best local tea, honey, hand soaps, books, handmade bracelets, and more. If you love these tips and you want to get more on ways that you can promote your business, increase your sales, increase your brand loyalty, increase your customer base, then we recommend that you follow our weekly updates. You can follow us on Practical Biz Podcast on any one of your favorite local listening platforms. Visit our website at www.stellabusinessconcepts.com. Be sure to visit our YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, We will have more videos up there very soon. And that concludes today's episode. We hope you stay tuned. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week.